I want to welcome you all this morning to our service of worship and welcome those who are joining us online. This morning is a communion Sunday here at the church, and as you came in, I hope you picked up a self-contained communion kit, I guess is the best way to describe it. And if you didn't, uh, if you'll raise your hand, uh, Jeff Miller will hand one to you if you didn't get it, or reach back there and get it. There we go. Make sure everyone gets that. For those of you uh, online at home, if you would like to join us during the communion part of the service later this morning, please take a moment and get uh, some juice and some bread to set before you so that you can have that during the communion time. So that will occur after the sermon this morning. our call to worship is found printed in your bulletin. It is followed by the prayer of confession. And also then we will move to the hymn. So, together, let us worship the Lord. They who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall run and not be weary. They shall rejoice in the strength of their God. Let us pray and confess our sin. Almighty God, in Jesus Christ, you called us to be a servant people, but we do not do what you command. We are often silent when we should speak and useless when we could be of help. Have mercy on us, O God. Forgive us and deliver us from our sin by the blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Hear the gospel. The mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. Believe the good news. In Jesus Christ, our sin is forgiven. Amen. This coming Saturday at 11 o'clock here in the chapel, there will be a memorial service for Renell Derby. And following that service, um, Bob will greet folks as they leave the church that morning. That is, that's all that we're going to have because of the limitations. Thank you to many of you who have called Bob Derby. Bob doesn't do email. He doesn't text. Um, but he does take phone calls and thank you all for your phone calls to him and some of you have gone by to see him and he's very appreciative of all of that Uh, so again that service will be this coming saturday at 11 o'clock here in the chapel Uh, many of you have been bringing me all sorts of items for the holiday almanac let me thank you and again the deadline is this week september the 15th Uh, but you know if you want to bring them in by next weekend certainly they will be included Uh, gotten many different things and uh, we'll begin the earnest work of putting together that almanac now over the rest of september and october so that we can have it ready to distribute in november and we're very excited about that I remind our elders that the session meets tomorrow, uh, Monday, September 14th at 7 p.m. in the double classroom. 
The men's Tuesday morning Bible study has now resumed. We've had two Tuesdays. This will be the third. We have room for a couple of additional men. If you would like to come, it starts at 8 o'clock and we're done at 9. And we're studying the book of Ezra. So for anyone interested in that, the flowers this morning are... Uh, Put here by Robert and Bessie Drawn to the glory of God and in memory of Lyle and Eudine Freeman that's, uh, and Rob and Steffi, their birthdays and anniversaries. Um, Lyle and Eudine were Betsy's mother and father and, of course, Rob and Steffi, their son and daughter-in-law. And the First Presbyterian Church Soup Kitchen has uh, reopened its clothes closet uh, and it is in need of men's clothing, khakis, jeans, as you see there, other items that are there. So uh, if you can help out with that, bring those to the church. We received several items over the weekend and others, so that would be very helpful in that regard. We continue on... Wednesday nights with the uh, Christian Faith 101 series that has received really good feedback and a lot of folks are watching that on Wednesday evening and through the week. We have, uh, we have covered uh, kind of a couple of subject, subjects, what it means to be a Christian and also uh, baptism last week. This week it is uh, the Bible and uh, in, invite you to tune in at 7 o'clock on uh, Wednesday evening on the church's Facebook page. It's a live broadcast, and so uh, I encourage you to do that. It's a 10-week series. It's basically what I use to teach confirmation class without the test. And, um, yes, I hear that. Uh, so... If you, you want to tune into that, I encourage you to do so. So that is uh, coming up. This morning, our scripture lesson for our sermon is found in the second book of the Bible, the book of Exodus, in the 23rd chapter. We're going to be reading verses 1 through 9. If you would like to follow the reading, it's on page 56 in the Blue Pew Bibles. Exodus chapter 23, verses 1 through 9. Do not spread false reports. Do not help a wicked man by being a malicious witness. Do not follow the crowd in doing wrong. And when you give testimony in a lawsuit, do not pervert justice by siding with the crowd, and do not show favoritism to a poor man in his lawsuit. If you come across your enemy's ox or donkey wandering off, be sure to take it back to him. If you see the donkey or someone who hates you fallen down under its load, do not leave it there. Be sure you help him with it. Do not deny justice to your poor people in their lawsuits. Have nothing to do with a false charge. Do not put an innocent or honest person to death, for I will not acquit the guilty. 
Do not accept a bribe, for a bribe blinds those who see and twists the words of righteous. Do not oppress an alien. You yourselves know how it feels to be aliens because you were aliens in Egypt. May God bless the reading and hearing of his word to us this morning from the book of Exodus. Now, over this Sunday and the next two Sundays, I'm going to be talking about morality and justice and some of the things that uh, certainly we need to be reminded of from the Scripture. Remember, here we have the book of Exodus, the book that reminds us how God delivered the people Israel from their bondage in Egypt, and how after Moses led them out of Egypt, and how after God delivered them from the hand of Pharaoh, as they were out there, Moses went up on top of the mountain of God, and there received first the commandments, those that we refer to as the Ten Commandments, and they are recorded earlier here in Exodus in what is our 20th chapter. But as that goes on, other things were added to the laws and the statutes of God to help, to help the people have a common Morality have a common means of both living in relationship to God and especially living in relationship to one another. And so you have passages like we have just read about mercy and justice and basically doing the right thing, being fair. Being impartial, doing those things that we would certainly want done for us, but doing those in life. And so this is something that is important for us to re-examine and to hear again. The Bible, as a book, as God's book, the Bible sets forth a morality for the people of God. It does. It sets forth how we ought to live. As I said, it is not just the commandments. It is not just the laws and the statutes, but it is also the gospel. The gospel in itself is a morality. It is a way of living as well as good news for sinners and the promise of life everlasting. And it is important for us to go back and to remember that fairness and justice and doing things impartially, not being influenced one way or the other, but doing what is right in the sight of God and in the sight of others is established from the very early beginnings of the people of God. It is something that we need to remember. So, something as, as smooth as this. Do not spread false reports. We live in a day and time in which, how shall I say, uh, false news is evident everywhere. 
where there is a false report, there is a misreported event, there is something that it seems nothing can be told for the sake of telling what happened without giving it a particular bent. And so we live in that time. And for us as Christians, it is a time in which we, not, we do not need to participate in such things, but we need to be conscious of such things. The Bible does. Jesus summed up the whole of the Bible in its morality when he told of the two great commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. He says this is the sum total of all the laws and the prophets and the gospel itself. And so it is rightful for us as Christians to remember this because we live in a time when biblical morality that our nation was based in its beginnings is increasingly abandoned to a secular morality. Now that's very important for us to hear. We live in that time where the values, the laws, the practices, the ideas of justice and impartiality, the idea of God being the author of all these things, is as a whole fading or better being abandoned by a great majority of people across the land and being substituted with a secular morality that often has little interest or even little comparison to the biblical morality that you and I have as Christians and followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this particular secular morality looks to expunge the influence of God, the influence of the Bible. It looks to set apart and say, that is a religious matter, that is not a public matter. It looks to take faith and make it exclusively a private, individual thing that has nothing to do with the greater part of society. It is the abandonment, if you will, of a morality that is God-based. Now, in addition to that, it is not the first time that Christians or the church or even the people of God over the course of many centuries and millennial have been faced with such difficulties. Certainly, when the church was born in the Roman Empire, the Roman Empire had no regard whatsoever for Christian morality or Christian belief or even, for that matter, Jewish morality or belief. It just was not important. What was important was the law of Rome. And so, even in situations like that, the church has prospered. It has survived. It has increased in its numbers. And in such a situation, even we today can do the same thing. 
Now, biblical morality sought justice and fairness among, first, the people of God. So in our own dealings with one another, we should always seek out what is fair, what is just, being ready to admit if we are in the wrong or to support those who have been wronged. That is very, very important in our understanding. And then, even here in this passage and that we read from Exodus and throughout, there is always the emphasis for others who come into our, let's say, our purview, our sphere of influence, the things that we do. Even here in those areas, we are called to treat them like we would treat one another. As it says here in verse 9, do not oppress an alien. You yourselves know how it feels to be aliens because you were aliens in Egypt. It means that even those that we do not see or who act and do not believe in a biblical morality, we are to treat them in such a way as if they did. Jesus got at this in his Sermon on the Mount when he said, turn the cheek if someone strikes you. Go the extra mile if someone demands something of you. It is imperative that we understand this because it is a witness of our faith. We live in a fractured time where justice and fairness have no common agreement or understanding across the land. What we might as an individual, maybe as a family, consider fair and just, others in other parts do not. How many of us have said, I don't believe or I wouldn't even live in that place because those people are just, they don't know what they're doing. We see that across the land. It is part of what it means to be an American in some cases where we can set our own laws locally. We can set our own things locally. For instance, you know, I don't agree with the state of Colorado decriminalizing marijuana, but yet I'm glad that they had a choice in that regard. The people there, majority of them did. But it's not necessarily a shared morality or belief that you and I would have. So we live in this fractured time. But even in this fractured time, we as Christians can easily, with other Christians, share a common understanding and a means of dealing with one another and treating one another. It's very, very important. And where in our land there are competing moralities, think about this, where there are competing moralities, there will be conflict and there will be sharp disagreement about what is right and what is not, what is legal and what is not, what can be done and what can't be done, how we should treat this person Thank <laughs> you.